0: Welcome to the Grow Bold with Disability podcast, brought to you by Ferros Care, a podcast dedicated to smashing stereotypes and talking about the things people with disability care about most to help us live bolder, healthier, better connected lives. I'm journalist Pete Timms. And I'm Tristram Peters. I work for Disability Service Directory Clickability and I'm a wheelchair user living with spinal muscular atrophy. Today's episode of Grow Bold with Disability is growing bold and fighting mental health stigma. And our guest is Australian Executive Officer of This Is My Brave, Tim Daly. Now, This Is My Brave, if you don't know about them, is a group who's dedicated to breaking the stigma surrounding mental illness one story at a time. In this episode, we'll find out a little bit about Tim and just how he came across This Is My Brave, how This Is My Brave got started, and how both of them are trying to fight the stigma of mental illness. Tim, welcome to Grow Bold with Disability. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for the invite.
1: So, Tim, before we chat about This Is My Brave, let's hear a little bit more about yourself in a previous life. You spent nearly 30 years in the entertainment industry. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yes, I did. Um, I started out in my 20s as a lowly roadie, lugging PA systems all around Melbourne, So, but that got me interested in entertainment. So I ended up doing a bit of theatre, a bit of television, a bit of live production and then ended up in um, having to make some money because there's no money in the entertainment <laughs> industry, in corporate AV where all the money is. So then I spent a good 25 years doing that, working my way up to be a general manager of the local office of an international event staging company
0: here in Australia. So you, as you said, you're the general manager of this massive events company. During that period, you started suffering acute anxiety and depression that actually ended up, you ended up in hospital twice. How did that manifest itself? Yeah, so a
2: series of um, events happened around that particular time with um, deaths in my family, which were unexpected, and then the diagnosis of a severe illness for uh, someone close to me as well. And then running this business at the same time, and me being a bit of a bloke, thought I need to handle all this. Mm-hmm. So I didn't look after myself at all, at all, in one shape or another. Um, I was too busy trying to run a business and looking after everybody and forgetting to grieve about <laughs> family members. And it all caught up with me. So one day, my brain basically said, Enough, Tim, go to sleep. And I did. And um, taken off to hospital, done all, they did all the tests that they could think of, brain scans, heart scans, everything, couldn't find anything wrong with me. So finally off to a psychologist and they diagnosed me with severe anxiety, so much so that I wasn't allowed to drive a car in case wow. I punched out. Um, I had to give up coffee because the the kick from the coffee had just sent me over the edge again. And that was a pretty severe six months, actually. So that I went through that and figured out what it was. Wow.
1: And so what, what's your thought process during this? I mean, that's it's a massive change in your life that you were going through during this time.
2: It was having to pare back my life and actually concentrate on the things that were most important. And, well, that was taken out of my hands to a certain extent because the business that I was working for um, decided... I was a liability for the business because of my mental health issue and decided after 16 years of working for that particular business, I was no longer needed. So that that just added to the whole thing. So, But it was also a blessing in disguise because it made me slow down, made me go, okay, you have to rethink what you're doing here because you're no good to anybody in this environment and this situation. So like I said, it was a blessing in disguise, took a little bit getting used to, but In a good place now.
0: Yeah. Now you did mention that a a close, uh, a loved one, sort of was diagnosed, and I'm guessing that's uh, your partner who lives with MS, and you became full time carer. What sort of demands did that put on you, physically and mentally? Obviously.
2: Well, like I said, it was a bit of an eye opener. Where um, having to care for somebody else meant that I have to look after myself at the same time, Mm. because I was no good to her if I couldn't stand up myself. So that made me focus a lot on my own mental health and physical health because they go hand in hand to be able to then be able to look after her needs. And again, I'm managing her NDIS, so we're self-managed. So that's part of my role in being her carer and being her advocate with um, medical services. So um, it helped me focus on what she needed and what I needed at the same time. So like I said, there was a bit of a silver lining. And the funny thing is that um, now that I'm home with her most of the time, we're actually even closer than we were before. So it actually worked out really well for us. So, yeah.
0: Beautiful. Let me just also ask you there, well, I mentioned a physical and mental strain. What about financially? Did that, does that come into it as well? Well, see, that's the other thing you had to I had to think
2: of was that I was going to go way backwards on on salary. Mm. So I had to obviously simplify our lives. But funnily enough, it took the stress off is that the, that worrying about money all the time and simplifying your life actually was a great de-stressor for me of going, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore because I don't actually have the money to do anything. <laughs> as long as I've got enough money with the roof over my head and we've got food and we're both looked after, I'm happy with that. That was great. So it's it was actually a de-stressor for me.
1: Yeah, sure. And on that, let's let's switch it up ever so slightly. Let's talk about this is my brave. Um can you explain exactly what it is?
2: So obviously with my background in events and the stigma that I, um I was faced with in the workplace. I decided after everything settled down and I was in a good place again, I found out with my caring role that I had time on my hands. So I think, what could I do to involve myself more in, in this side of stigma reduction? So I looked for a platform that was around that was doing mixed events and, and stigma prevention. And um, so as everyone does when they want information, I looked on Google and I found an organisation in the US, which is called This Is My Brave. And they already had the platform there ready to go. So I just rang them up and I said, I would love to start this program in Australia. And they said, yes, go for your life. Um, They were only in their embryonic stages, so they didn't have a lot to pass on apart from uh, what they called their um, playbook for their events, um, which was, again, in its embryonic stage. So we sort of had to embellish that for our own situation. So that's why I started uh, This Is My Brave, and this is my brave is all about, uh, as we said, breaking stigma. But it's by the stories of people with lived experience um, sharing those stories live on stage as a live theatre show. So people can get up and tell a story. They can do poetry. They can sing. They can dance. They can do comedy. Any way that they want to express themselves about their living experience of mental health issues, they're free to do that. And the the best thing about it is they're community members, they're not professional speakers. (laughs) So the stories they give are sometimes raw, um, funny. uh, You have to bring your tissues along because sometimes they're really sad about what they've been through in their life before. But it's ultimately uplifting because these people are living productive, fulfilling lives and managing mental health, which is a great lesson for everybody else out there who is facing mental health issues today oh, maybe I can do it too. Maybe I can get through that. So maybe I can actually put my hand up and go and get help and break through that barrier of self and societal stigma.
0: So what's the feedback you're getting from these people? How is this helping them? Is it sort of like a big therapy of being just getting it all out there in front of strangers? It It is, but
2: it actually goes over three months. So we do an audition stage and then we pick our cast and then we have a series of rehearsals 3 months monthly or, or bi-monthly and what happens is they're sharing their stories with a group of people who are sympathetic and understanding of their story and they're not getting that pushback or that stigma that they may get out there in the community sometimes when they share their stories so suddenly they they um can spread their wings and go this is my story you're not going to stigmatize me about it. So I feel free. I feel fantastic. And by the time they get to the show, they're a really tight group of people who support each other. And you can tell by the confidence that they actually end up having, getting up on stage in front of a group of people and sharing their lived experience. Now, they don't. And then getting a, applause at the end of it because mm. that's unknown, absolutely unknown for people who are going out and sharing their story. Yeah.
1: The end result shows that it's all so so worth it, but I mean, I couldn't think of anything worse than getting up on stage and, and sharing my story, especially to strangers. And I suppose this is why it's called "This is My Brave." But um, where do people find the courage? Like, how how do we um, how do you convince people that, that this
2: is the the avenue for them? Well, it, we don't put any pressure on them. They can they can jump out any time they like. Anytime, if they don't feel comfortable with the process, we say, that's fine. We understand not everybody's at the stage where they're really to share, but some of them use it as a catalyst to move on to other things in their lives, to say, if I can, like you said, if I can get up in front of a, a group of strangers and share my story and it works out okay, then they go, okay, that's a catalyst. What else can I do after that? So, mm. And that's the reason it's called This Is My Brain, is that there is a, a level of courage that goes into it. Um, look, I've, the feedback we get some, from some of the the cast members are, I'm not embellishing this. They said, this saved my life. I was going down the path of suicide, suicidal ideation, but this sort of brought me back a bit. And another person said, look, this is the first time that I've actually looked at my own issues. And she was a mother of three or four children. And she said, I finally put my hand up to go out and get help. So, And that happens within the cast. And it actually happens within the audience as well. The post-show uh, chats are just as informing and enlightening as the show itself sometimes.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Do you find a lot of people actually go along as audience members then sign up for This Is My Brave? Yeah, not usually audience members. Um, yeah, we get interest
2: in that. But yeah, not usually audience members because part of the show is that we also invite, depending on where we go, our last show was in Bathurst. We invite all the local mental health services to set up a stall at the back of the room. So if anybody um, wants to talk about mental health, there will be, and I think we had 12 mental health services in the back of the room that they could just get up out of the audience and go and talk to them directly and go, I know somebody, someone in my family or myself or whatever, and get that information straight away. So we're a bit of a, a conduit between the community and the community services during that event.
1: And there's also the fact that, as you touched on, this is a bit of a global movement. This is happening not just in Australia, as you said. How does it feel to be part of that that sort of global movement that, you know, it's not just in Australia where we're changing these thoughts about the stigma, we're
2: doing it all over the world? Yeah, no, it's great because storytelling is vital to all part of our lives, not just for mental health, but for building... well. Mental health is tied up in all that, isn't it? Is it building community, feeling connected and storytelling is the basis of all that. And if we can give people a safe place to come and share their stories, then we're going a, a long way towards building community, building safe spaces for storytelling and people sharing about all parts of their life, whether it's disability, whether it's mental health, whether it's anything, just socioeconomic disadvantage of Getting the people who feel
0: isolated from society back in again. Yeah, it's, it gets back to the roots, really, doesn't it? And I think, I guess that's probably why it's becoming sort of more and more popular. How are you finding it? A lot of people knocking on your door want to be part of it? Yeah, when we announce it, yeah, people,
2: I always get people out of the blue going, yeah, oh want to tell my story, want to be part of it. So we don't ever have a problem getting a cast. As soon as they find out about it and they know about it, they go, oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Because the other part of having mental health issues is sometimes you feel like you're not being heard. Yeah, You'll go to the doctor, you'll go to the GP, you'll go to the psychologist, and they're all wonderful. But- they're all, they've got time constraints as well. So you never actually get your full story out and you go, oh, it's the end of the 15 minutes or the end of the hour. I'll talk to you next time. Mm. But during our show and during the three months, they've got time to explore their story and put it into some sort of order that fits their, their story. And they feel very confident by telling their story, which means that they can go on and tell their story to other people and be confident about getting the message across as well.
0: Is there a great camaraderie there as well? Because like minded people or just, you know, they're better listeners, maybe. Oh, definitely. But also, yeah,
2: they are, they understand. That's mm. the best part about it. But I started doing these shows in 19, oh, sorry, not, not 19, um, 2017. And I'm still in contact and talking to the people who did our first show in 2017. So there's a real connection there and we're able to lean on each other during uh at certain times so which is great so they people don't feel like they're alone anymore in what they're going through so and it's really good it's good for me it's good um it's helped with my mental health being able to support and help other people and feeling that sense of community with them
1: And I mean, we've sort of touched on it, but in terms of encouraging people to become part of this, who would you, if if you were speaking to them directly, how how would you sort of do the elevator pitch? How would you convince them that this
2: is such a, a beautiful process? Usually it's people, we encourage people who have been through it and probably not going through it at the moment, through mental health issues, because like you said, getting up in front of people, a live audience is anxiety ridden and we don't want to add to their anxiety in any way or shape. So we say to people, if you're sort of not, towards in a good place in your recovery, it's probably not a good place to be.
1: Mm.
2: But if you've gone through the recovery and you're feeling comfortable and safe and ready to share your story, then this is a great place to do it and to build some community and get across to the rest of your community that living with mental um, illness is not the end of your life. It's just something you manage
0: and you move on. Now, we've mentioned the word a couple of times, stigma, Where does that come from? Is it a part of Australian society of our era, of our generations growing up, and maybe that's going away? Where do you see that stigma coming from? Well, it's just a lack of education, and
2: it's also media. Media contributes to it by sensationalizing stories that have to do with people with mental health issues being violent which is terrible. Yeah. So people get that in their heads that, oh, you've got a mental health issue, you must be violent, there must be something wrong with you, and I'm scared of you. So a lot of it comes from that. And and movies as well, they portray people with mental health issues as the baddie all the time. So mm. there's that perpetuation of that stereotype of people with mental health. But the, the figures show that people with mental health, the percentage who are violent is just the same as the, the rest of the population. So...
0: So what's the solution to get rid of this stigma? Is it education of the next generation and our generation, of course? But what do you see as a... Yeah, definitely education. So
2: this is what we base our on, is that people need to look at people with mental health issues as a peer, not as their diagnosis. So you don't look at someone and say, you're bipolar. You say, no, you're a mother or a father or a student or a daughter or a son who." deals with bipolar so if we are going to flip that around that we look at them first as a person and then look at their diagnosis because if you're constantly told oh you're bipolar you're bipolar you're bipolar unfortunately you'll probably end up believing it and that's mm. what the focus of your life will be i've got, i'm i'm mentally ill i'm mentally ill no you're not that's, that's just part of your life it's not your whole life. yeah so true
1: and in terms of This Is My Brave, what's what's next? Is, is it just going to be theatre or is there room for expansion? Are we going to hear these stories in other mediums? What's, what's sort of,
2: you know, the, the next step for it? Oh, definitely. So, um, which we started a couple of years ago, it started out as the Canberra Mental Health Film Festival. Mm. So it's a, just another way of telling stories, isn't it? And it's a mm. popular medium in film. So. Getting the the uh, anti-stigma message across is really good through film. Um, But we're in our fourth year this year, and we've actually expanded out to the US and the UK. Wow. So uh, it will now be the This Is My Brave International Mental Health Film Festival. And we've just opened up for submissions for this year's festival, which will happen um, fortuitously on World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October.
0: So how do people get involved? go
2: to our website, which is um, thisismybraveaustralia.com, and all the information for the film festivals and everything else we do is on that page.
0: And Tim, if I'm living in far north Queensland or I'm down in Victoria or I'm over in Perth, is it, just, is it accessible for me as well, or is it just sort of, do I have to come from Canberra? You said you did a show in Bathurst.
2: Oh, no, we'll go anywhere. We've already done shows in Perth, uh, all over New South Wales, obviously in the ACT, but we'll go anywhere. We'll look for a volunteer producer in that location and off we go. So I'd love to be able to do more shows um, around the country because once people are involved in them, they go, wow, that was a a really positive experience. And especially with the rest of the community and neighbours and people you work with there, it changes their mind about um, mental illness.
1: Absolutely. Sounds great. So Tim, as you know, this podcast is called Grow Bold with Disability
2: and we always like to ask our guests, what does living a bold life mean to you? Um, Bold life means to me, and it's probably something that I had to really focus on, is that don't let them knock you down and stay down. If you get knocked down, get back up again and know that you're, you're fighting the good
0: fight and you're doing the right thing. Don't let anybody else tell you that you're not a good good message for everyone now our listeners can find out more about tim and this is my brave in the links provided in today's episode show notes of course this is my brave com. tim thanks so much for joining us here today on grow bowl with disability podcast brought to you by ferros care mate that's been amazing thanks guys no thank you very much for the invite this podcast is brought to you by FerrosCare, an NDIS partner delivering local area coordination services in Queensland, South Australia, and the Australian Capital Territory. FerrosCare is a people care organisation committed to helping people live bolder lives. We call it Growing Bold, and for over 30 years, Ferros has been making it real for both older Australians and those living with disability. To find out more, head to ferroscare.com.au.